are listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Warning Track with your host, Zach Swearad. Good afternoon, State Baseball fans, or morning, or night, or wherever we catch you listening to this. Uh, my name is Brett Cast, and I'm filling in here for Zach as the host of Warning Track, and I'm joined here today by uh, Mr. Alex Sharg, the uh, father of uh, Impact Sports. How's it going? Father's a little bit broad. I'm not wearing any hair. I don't have a beard on. Well, actually, I kind of do, which is, which is tough for a student, but... Realize that I'm not 40, I'm not 50, I'm 21. You can, you can be a father at 21, I guess. Yeah, and I guess that there could be a lot of athletes who are fathers too, and there are, especially with Michigan State basketball right now. But uh, but yeah, you, you know what, Brett? Uh, it's great to be here with you. I've been listening to the warning track all year, and I'm, I'm so excited to be on the show, man. This is mm. going to be great. And Impact just uh, celebrated, Impact Sports at least, celebrated their birthday recently, right? Yeah, it's our first birthday. First birthday, first wow. First year, uh, <laughs> May 21st last year, uh, I sat in a room with about 15 people and we started this whole sports bureau idea together. So, very monumental day along with MSU Baseball advancing in the tournament. Yes, As of yes. minutes ago, <laughs> as we sit here at 8.15 on a Friday. Yeah, thank God that uh, the game was on Big Ten. Unfortunately, like as I as much as I'd want to be there, I, I couldn't. But um, you know, today they had a game versus Illinois, and uh, it was looking kind of bleak for a while. You know, two nothing for majority of the game. Then Ryan Richardson ended up scoring a run, kind of like on his own. He he hit a double, then uh, stole tried to steal second or third. I'm sorry, and on a pass ball thrown to third base, he ended up scoring. So no hits from anyone else, just completely him that scored that run. You know, with an error, of course. But um, and then we had another run, and then like. Two innings later, it was eleven to two. We scored ten runs in three innings. Ironic, right? The guy, the guy that commits the errors scores on yeah. the error. <laughs> That's the thing. Richardson has been just driving me crazy this year with all of the errors. He's leading the team in errors with nineteen, compared to whoever's in second with like seven or eight errors. So you know, it's it's hard to see that. But you know, lately Richardson's been on his game. Um, he won uh, was a Big Ten uh, Player of the Week a couple weeks ago. Um, he's you know he's been really on fire lately. Um, you know, after moving down, you know, he had, was a two batter the two hitter in the lineup for most of the season. And then, you know, boss kind of did a lineup switch, um, put Gibson at leadoff, check it second and moved Richardson down to seventh. And, you know, a lot of his reasoning was, you know, to kind of relieve some of the stress or the pressure on Richardson, kind of give him a little bit of a break, you know, just of the pressure. And obviously Rich- Richardson has thrived in that spot since then. Um, so very glad for the coaching decision there made by boss. Well, aside for just Richardson, uh, Brett, how about Joel Fisher, man? I mean, that guy, Four RBIs on five mm-hmm. at bats. Today he had a he had a game. He had some deep hits. One of them I, should have been a home run. Literally hit right below the yellow line on the wall there. Uh, that that was an absolute bomb. That you know was basically almost a home run. But uh, yeah, he had a heck of a game today. Basically at the end, you know something we've been kind of missing all year from this team is seeing a time when the whole team contributes. You know a lot of times, you know, most times you'd see the the front end of the lineup doing really well. Um, but then, you know, as of late, you know, a couple of games uh, lately, there's been a lot of where the front of the front end of the lineup hasn't been doing anything. And it's been the bottom half because you can tell when the front half of the lineup is doing really well because, you know, people like Checky and people like Gibson, they are so fast when they get on base that it's hard not to score a run because, you know, if, if a guy like Checky or Gibson gets on base, the next pitch they're on second base, then, you know, you hit a ground ball, they're on third, the next hits like a a fly out or a, you know, pop up or something, they can score on a tag. And then all of a sudden you haven't had a hit, but yet they score a run. So having those two fast guys and even Fisher is really fast too. He's third in the big 10 uh, and steals. Having those kind of guys has been very beneficial for the Spartans this year. Well, well, Brett, you, you watched this game almost from start to end. Talk about what you saw in this 11 to, would you call it a comeback? 
Um, I I would, yeah, because it really wasn't. It seemed very bleak. You know, Spartans were being out hit by Illinois, and Illinois obviously they had beat Illinois the first game of the tournament, but during the season Illinois swept them. You know, much like a lot of the big teams or a lot of the teams in the Big Ten. But um, you know, just kind of watching the game, getting a feel for it, I kind of joined in the program a little late, like fourth inning about. Um, but it was two nothing Illinois, and they seemed to have everything going for them. We had to pull out our starter three innings in and put in uh, Kinley, Jeff Kinley, our closer in like the third or fourth inning. And, um, you know, from there, it just kind of seemed like, wow, we're putting our closer in this early. What's going to happen here? Um, but then things just turn around. Um, and, and what a performance by Kinley as well. He came in as a closer in like the third or fourth inning, and he ends up going the rest of the game and just pitches down, but he didn't give up another run. It was yeah. Well, keep in mind, for college baseball, closers typically are late relief, and they're not the typical MLB closer that's two, three innings. You know, So when it comes to an MSU closer, am I surprised about six innings? A little bit. But typically in college baseball, you see a lot more closers in non-safe situations. Right. But you're right. I mean, going six innings and not going to any other relief pitching, that makes a big statement about Jeff Kinley today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that was the most innings he'd ever pitched in a game before, too. And uh, during his about the fourth or fifth inning, the broadcasters on uh, Big Ten Network, you know, interviewed Coach, and they were asking about, you know, having Kinley in the game that early. And he basically said, you know, this isn't something we, we really like to do, but, you know, we kind of think, you know, it's a, it's a right now we already lost one game, and it's double game elimination, so this is, it's on the line. He said, you're putting your best guy, Go regardless of if, yeah. if he's a closer or That's not. That's it. Go with the guy that you trust when it comes mm-hmm. to getting a win. And mm-hmm. they obviously, the way that some of the relief has been shaky, uh, you as much as Mick Van Boston had a great game uh, against Illinois, you could say that aside from him and maybe Kinley, the rest of the pitching's been a little bit shaky. Cam View, I don't know. <laughs> I know you're 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 viewing the you're viewing the glory road with him, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of Cam View. I think he's got a lot of potential. Yeah, but, but but anyways, we'll not to yeah. get off topic. What, for, t- capping off this game, what's your takeaway, man? You know, I I really don't know. I want to jump on the bandwagon and say, wow, we've been waiting all season to see this, and finally it's starting to come. But our two wins have been on the same team. It could be something that Illinois is playing bad, something about that. I don't really know. Obviously, we did sweep Penn State, but Penn State's, you know, kind of the bottom of the Big Ten. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that I still have in my mind, I still think of that central game at Comerica, eighth inning, blown on errors. I'm still thinking of that Michigan State baseball we've seen all season long that has just been succumbing to late inning or late inning errors that just end the game and just... I, I don't want to jump on the bandwagon yet, especially playing Indiana in the next game. Indiana is the first seed in the Big Ten. So my takeaway is, you know, I'm excited for the team right now. I'm very happy. I just don't know how long this this winning is going to last. Yeah, but Brian, have a little faith. <laughs> I'm not talking about Krug Lucky, no. but have a little bit of faith, man. You know, this mm-hmm. team, as much as they have struggled this year and have been extremely inconsistent, they're going to prove people wrong. And Coach Boss, uh, actually, in, uh, aside from just Coach Boss... Um, after the Penn State game, we had uh, the pitching coach, Mark Van Amade, say, any win's a good win, although they're sloppy from the start. These guys are going out there saying that they have as good a shot as anybody. Regardless of what happened, it's a clean slate. They're not thinking about Comerica Park. They're not thinking about the 19 errors from Richardson. They're not thinking about all the inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. It's a brand new series. So in my eyes, I'm not doubting them at all. I mean, if anything, I'm going to be more hopeful at this point in time because they kind of hammered out the Knicks, you know? They they hammered out those kinks in the armor, so. My only thing, though, too, is we're kind of looking at these wins, even though they're big teams like Nebraska and Illinois, or Nebraska's a loss, I'm sorry, but Illinois. Um, w- this is the first game, this Illinois game, where we out-hit the other team. We, we didn't out-hit 
Illinois in the first win. They beat, we beat them, but they outhit us. Nebraska, even though it was a close game and they didn't score the run till late, they were out hitting us majority of the game. At one point where it was a tie game, they were out hitting us 10 to four. And that's kind of hard, you know, whether that's luck that you're staying in there or other aspects of the game that, you know, aren't really statistically shown, you know, I, I don't, I just feel like, you know, maybe it was a little, I don't want to say a fluke, but, um, you know, their wins weren't, weren't, they weren't solid where, except for today in the end of the game, you know, that was a huge, uh, see, you don't think the Illinois, the first game wasn't solid. I'm not gonna say it wasn't solid, I mean, but Van Boston go six innings, one run. That's a pretty darn good playoff performance. Yeah. And I've been expecting that Van Boston has been pretty solid all year too. Our, our, you know, weekend starters, our three guys, Van Boston, Element and View have been, in my opinion, pretty good all season. Um, so I was expecting that, um, and our, you know, our pitching has been solid, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's not a solid win because it definitely is. Any win's a solid win at this point, but I just, you know, I have faith, but I don't have that much faith that I have enough faith to right, beat Indiana. Right. <laughs> well, and just kind of capping off, you know, we had, we have today's game, the 11-2 win, and then the 2-1 against Illinois. Uh, one more thing I have to say about the Nebraska game is that I'm very surprised to see the Huskers with three errors and still mm-hmm. win. Uh, Spartans had yeah. two errors. The Huskers had three very rare to win a game when you commit more errors than the other team. I mean, that's mm-hmm. basic baseball. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you can see it in uh, you know, in our earlier Central game. I keep bringing these Central games up, but if you had seen them, you would they wouldn't leave your mind. But uh, they, they, we had uh, we we out hit them. I think it was ten to four, and we still lost that game because we had so many more errors in them. And errors are are such a huge thing because it not only does it you know put runners on base and you know it's out missed opportunities. It also messes with your mind and kind of that whole team starts to pick up on that on that negative uh, that negative feeling that negative thought process. You know when you start having errors, that's kind of when it all kind of starts falling apart on you. So um, it's it's t- it is very rare to see a team with more errors than the other team win. But yeah. you know, I, I, Nebraska did I think play a better game. But uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, and I want to actually kind of transition into this about the Big Ten tournament when we get into more of the other teams. But I think that Michigan State could not have gotten a better draw than they did. Against mm-hmm. Illinois, if there was one team the Spartans wanted to face, it was Illinois. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because look at what happened earlier this year when they played them. I mean, so many one-run games decided. Spartans with so many late errors cost yeah. them that sweep of the Illinois series. They were inches, inches from beating Illinois earlier on in the year, and I know that they were inch, itching to play Illinois in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, realize without that Happy Valley sweep. If they lost one or two of those games, they could have been as far as eighth place yeah. when they would have probably had to play Indiana, as scary as that is. And they could have been as high as, uh, they could have been even up in the six, seven range when they'd be playing Nebraska again. Not, not, not out of the elimination game. Right. So well, for me, the, the luckiest draw they could have gotten was Illinois. And I want to propose that on the table. Uh, and if you want to tweet at MSU Impact Sports, if you listen to this podcast, you can tell us your thoughts on what the Spartans did in the Big Ten Tournament if you agree that Illinois was the best matchup for this team. Send us a tweet, Brett. I mean, this is coming not necessarily from a from a advantage as far as, you know, playing, but I have been dying all year to see them play Michigan. So I was kind of hoping maybe there's a chance they could play Michigan. Obviously, you know, I don't think that was very possible going into it, but I would love to see a game versus Michigan. But you're right. I mean, Illinois, although they did sweep us during the regular season, a lot of those games were close. And a majority, that's kind of the story of our season. Um, we've had such high expectations and such... Um, you know, we had such ability, but we just ruined it with all the errors we had and just the mental, I think, mental mistakes we've had all season. And Illinois is a great example of that. So, yeah, I, I think uh, Illinois was a pretty good draw that we could have had. I mean, there's obviously other teams that I think would be good too, but realistically, what draw we would have gotten, 
they're far better than drawing, you know, Indiana, Nebraska, or, you know, really those two especially. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think Illinois was a pretty good draw for sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's kind of talk about some other teams in the conference, Brett. Uh, you've been watching games all year. You've been to many of the home games. Uh, is there any dark horse in your mind that's scary? Are, are there any teams that are simply just above all than anybody else? Um, I mean, I think Indiana and Nebraska are the two – I mean, they're not really a dark horse because they're both, you know, two head teams, but I think they're by far um, the two best teams in this tournament. Um, I, I think I think Michigan does have some potential. I, I think Michigan really does. I know they lost Indiana the other day. Uh, they, they're playing Iowa literally as we speak. Um, but I think Michigan is a very good team. Um, you know, we haven't been able to see them play really because they haven't been able to play state yet. But, um, you know, I'm excited to see how far Michigan goes in the tournament, really. Yeah. For me, uh, just talking about my favorite teams in the conference – uh, of course, Indiana up top. What a powerful team! I mean, oh, yeah. going to Omaha last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team obviously has the experience. Yeah. Um, aside from that, I mean, they blanked Michigan five nothing. They beat Iowa, who Michigan State's clearly struggled mm-hmm. with during the year, and now Michigan State is going to have to play them tomorrow in maybe two games if they make it that far. Yeah. But uh, you know what a scary team that Indiana Indiana is. They had some closed games though, and they played at Indiana. Uh, one of the games, the second game with Elman on the mound, was a twelve inning game that Indiana had a walk off hit that was kind of controversial. I remember talking to some of the players in the team; they were they were furious about it. But obviously, this is college baseball. In the regular season, they're not going to have you know video replay like the MLB is instituted. Yeah, and that's a conversation that I'd love to have more on this show later. Mm-hmm. Is they do have it for the tournament though? They do have a video review, and I think it was the SEC is the one conference this year that decided to put. Uh, video review into their conference uh, tournament, wow. which is kind of a big step. But do you think that there are enough calls in the tournament to warrant uh, uh, instant replay for college baseball? I don't know. Are I there think so. Yeah. Questionable plays in college baseball. I mean, I mean there's questionable you're the plays. Games. In... You're at the games more than I am. So I mean, I, I haven't seen too what, many. What have you seen a lot from Michigan State? Have there been a lot of questionable calls? I haven't not, seen not balls too and strikes many. though. Right. No, I understand. There was one play at the plate. I can't remember exactly what game that was kind of questionable. But our uh, our photographer Jonathan Yales has a perfect picture. I don't know if you've ever seen it of the glove getting onto the runner uh, and tagging him out. So that was huge for us too. But um, I haven't seen too many, you know, close calls. Obviously, the one in Indiana I wasn't at, but um, apparently it was a very, very close call at uh, first base that you know resulted in the game-winning hit for Indiana. So um, I think for any sport, really, in, instant replays. I mean, my opinion. I don't care how much it slows down the game. I want to get the game right. So I'm one of those kind of people. I definitely am a you know, big fan of replay in any sport. But the only thing is with a lot of baseball, it'll be tough to do it in the regular season because they don't have the camera angles or even the broadcasting, you know, of most of those games to to be able to review. Well, stuff. hey, the way college sports is going today, it won't be too long. Right. But the thing about college baseball is I don't know if it'll ever be even close to that level of like football or base or basketball because a lot of these guys, you know, the really, really good stars, they get picked up right out of high school. And, you know, a lot of these guys choose not to come to college to play their baseball if they're, you know, really, really good. So, you know, I don't think college baseball is going to be – obviously it's gotten more popular in the years, BSPN picked, picking up, the, you know, the Omaha World Series and everything. But um, I, I really don't see, you know, baseball really instituting replay for the regular season. Maybe for, definitely for the tournament like they already have. Right. And hopefully for the other conference tournaments like the big conferences, uh, Big Ten hopefully soon. But – um. You know, I I don't see that uh, happening really. Right. Well, aside from from instant replay, Brett, uh, wrapping this this Big Ten tournament up, uh, for me, my dark horse is actually Nebraska. Although they're top of the league, right? For me, they're the team that's gonna beat beat Indiana. 
Really? I mean, when you look at this Nebraska team, uh, Brett, they're brand new to the conference. They've obviously had a lot of success when they were in the when they were in the Big Twelve. That's a good conference. <laughs> um, very good con- conference. Aside from that, and and this is actually a stat that a lot of people actually don't even know. Um, but Nebraska, they have six guys hitting over three hundred. Six. Wow. And aside from that. six guys hitting over three hundred, Blake Heedley, and I'm not talking about the relation to Chase Heedley. No, not no relation. But Blake Heedley is just a really good player. Um, he's a phenomenal athlete. He actually played quarterback in high school, led his team to an undefeated season, went to the championships. He's just a winner. And for me, they have a lot of intangibles uh, around that ball club to really compete with Indiana. Mm-hmm. Because Indiana, you have the studs. You have the pitcher of the year and you have the player of the year. Right. But for Nebraska, they're just a good team. They play really good team baseball. And you saw that when they beat Michigan State yesterday. Mm-hmm. Now, are you saying if you had to choose a team, you think Nebraska would win? Or are you saying Nebraska is going to beat Indiana? That's just what you think. I think Indiana is ultimately going to win because they're just too okay. good. That's but what I think. I think too, Nebraska but... has the best chance compared to Iowa, compared to Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, I in this Iowa Michigan game actually going on right now, uh, I think Iowa's going to pull out of there for, with a win. Mm-hmm. Um, they just Iowa's got to got to make sh- has to make sure that their pitching's better. Right. Uh, they have a lot of pitching inconsistencies from what I've read. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, we're not watching them, but very excited for this tournament, man. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of the of Big Ten Baseball and Nebraska being added now. Uh, it's exciting. It's very. an exciting time. And this is all on the line for state because, you know, teams like Nebraska and Indiana, they're basically already in the tournament, in the you know NCAA tournament. But for Michigan State, it's either win or go home. We need to win this tournament to get our automatic bid into the NCAA tournament or else our season's over. So, you know, a lot is on the line for Michigan State and a lot of other teams in the tournament, too. Um, but as we've said, Indiana is, you know, basically the front runner in this league. And I frankly can't see another team, you know, beating them out for the Big Ten tournament title. All right. But, well, you have your opinion. I have mine. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, let's move on to the Comerica game. Brad. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's not a conference game. Uh, it's versus Central Michigan. But uh, I was able to attend that game, uh, being in the press box there. It's such a, it was so cool being in the Ernie Harwell, you know, area. They had the little plaque, you know, seeing where, you know, Dan Dickerson and Jim Price go do every game and Mario and Rod and stuff. And, you know, just kind of walking through the press box. It was, it was really, really cool um, for me. And I'm assuming for the players as well, you know, they get to play on a major league stadium. And one thing that I was kind of, you know, maybe not, supr- yeah, I was surprised at um, was how well, because, you know, during that day, there was a lot of thunderstorms coming through the area um, and they had the tarp on the field and whatnot and how, um, well, the grounds crew did to make sure they got that game on, even though this isn't the Detroit Tigers. They don't, I mean, usually a, a team like that wouldn't want, or like, a, you know, a field like that wouldn't want, you know, a bunch of college kids going up and ripping up the turf, ripping up the field, whatever, especially because with the weather, there really wasn't a large crowd, if a crowd at all, to be honest. Um, so, you know, I really, you know, give props to the grounds crew and the way they handled that. They cleared that field off really fast. And I've never really, I mean, obviously Michigan State, I don't know if you are aware of this, they were voted the best field in all of college baseball which is, you know, pretty surprising for a wow. Northern team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I've never really seen a grounds crew act that well for, you know, a college team. I was, and he, Boss commented it after the game. He, you know, gave the T- Detroit Tigers organization props for, you know, you know, doing that and everything and letting them play on it. Because um, it really didn't look like that game was going to, you know, get in, basically. Yeah, the but, Clash at Comerica. That took place several weeks back? Um, About a week and a half back. It was last Tuesday, I think. Last so. Tuesday. So. Yeah. If you want to get some recaps of that game, you can find some online. They have some recaps. Mm-hmm. And Brett Cast has a recap yes, on yes. Impact Sports mm-hmm. uh, at impact89fm.org slash sports. So, but yeah, takeaway from that game, did that help uh, Michigan State with the tournament leading up to it? 
was it just kind of something you want to forget or how, how would you summarize that? That game? would be something I'd want to forget, <laughs> forget for sure. I was, um, I was kind of set on them kind of winning that game. I mean, it was only two to one, but it seemed like Michigan state had kind of been out playing central for mo- most of the game uh, from my you know perspective. And, um, and then it came to the eighth inning. Um, Misevich is, has been one of our big guys, you know, our big relievers, but he came in right when he came in, not blaming it on him because there was errors from everyone in the field. But when he came in, it just went downhill. I it was just a complete, just fallen apart team. You know, one error had happened, and it was kind of you know not the end of the world. But then they just started falling apart. And like Coach has said multiple times, and he stressed it after this game, baseball is a game of failure. And he, what he said quote was, "Baseball is a game of failure, and tonight we did not handle it well." And, and it, it was very evident seeing just one error, and the team is all down on each other. And he said he stressed over and over and over that there is no leaders on this team that will step up and stop the bleeding per se. There's no one that, you know, steps up and says, you know, like, hey guys, keep your head up. We got, you know, one error is not the end of the world. We'll keep going from there. But literally they just kept like every error just made it more likely that another error was going to happen. But don't you think they maybe learned from that? They took that game and all the errors they made and they kind of just put it behind them. I mean, don't you think they maybe got off a lot of the inconsistencies so it wouldn't come back later in the season? That's the argument I'd make. I'd like to but say I, that. I think that is, that it actually helped. But the first game against Central, they had eight errors, and it was a pitiful performance. And it was basically, the reason they lost that game was errors, because they out hit them 10 to 4, but it was completely errors that they lost that game. So I'd like to say that that game was a learning experience and they were able to learn from it, but it had happened so many times during that year. Besides that first Central game, maybe not to the level that the Comerica game was, you know, as far as errors, but... Um, they had a lot of late inning just collapses. It was it was very common with this team. So I hope they've learned from it because it hasn't happened since. But you know I really don't know. Um, you know I don't know. It was just very. It was sad to see. And I know coaches. You know like I said stressed it plenty and plenty of times. The one game he said they ha- did have a leader kind of shine through was Mick Van Vossen, who I think is you know one of the older guys in the dugout that can really step up. And he's definitely you know one of our ace pitchers. Um, he wasn't even pitching that game. And he was the one in the dugout trying to get everyone's heads up, trying to get everyone, you know, ready to go. And I feel like that leadership should be coming from people who are on the field, you know, experiencing that that fall through with all those errors. Like, you know, someone like Blaze Salter, someone like Jimmy Pickens. But at the same time, those guys are outfielders. You're not going to get that many balls through there. Blaze, is, Blaze, I forget if he was, I think he was playing first that inning or that game, I'm sorry. Um, he either catches or plays first. But even, um, even Fisher, he's a catcher. He should be stepping up there, you know? Sure. One of those two, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not there to witness it. I'm going strictly off what coach says. So maybe, you know, he could be over-exaggerating or whatnot. But um, if he's saying that there's a lack of leadership in the dugout, I'm probably going to trust him and, and believe that. So, you know, maybe some players have stepped up since, and that may be, you know, a reason for their their winning recently. But um, I, I really don't know because, you know, the, the three games was Penn State. Um, not really surprising that they swept them. And then so far in the Big Ten tournament, I don't know if they're they're riding the excitement of the tournament or kind of just knowing that they have to win this tournament to you know keep their season going on. I don't know what it is necessarily. Um, I hope maybe it's some leadership, but that's been something I've noticed that has been missing. And definitely at the Comerica game, it was missing because that eighth inning came right. and no one was there to stop the debacle. Right. So as much as they have their things to work on and some of the bigger problems this year, how do you summarize the season as a whole now, Brett? I mean, is this a team that really really fell this year and is this an average season were your expectations high going in were there some good accomplishments this year how do you wrap this around because i have a lot of thoughts on this one i i'm gonna say 
I mean, I don't want to speak too soon because, I mean, I could say this season's been a failure and all of a sudden they go win the Big Ten tournament and do something in the NCAA tournament. So I'm not going to go that far, but I definitely think an underperformance for sure. No doubt. Um, you could say average, but I'm going to say a little bit below average. Um, I was expecting a lot of big things from them this season. I didn't expect them to go in and beat Indiana. I didn't expect them to go beat Nebraska, but I expected them not to lose, get swept by Ohio State. I expected them, you know, to come in and finish, you know, fourth or fifth in the Big Ten. Yeah, but Ohio State was their first Big Ten game of the year. Right. Oh, that was their first Big Ten opponent. So for me, you're getting the rust a little bit. And remember, they didn't get swept by Ohio State. They lost two of three. But oh, yeah, right. that's that's a, that's a winnable series. Right. But for me, Brett, um, I think this is an average year. Uh, average. Below average, I think, is a little harsh. Okay. You did knock off Oregon State. Let's not forget about okay, that. Okay, yeah, they were number one you, at the time, and they continued to be number one throughout the majority of the season. You but... did knock off TCU in a three-game series yeah, and at good. Fort Worth. So for me, those are, to start your year, that those are great wins. Yeah. And as much as the out-of-conference success has been great, the lack of consistency definitely puts it below. Because when it comes to baseball, it's consistency, consistency, consistency. And that clearly defines a team throughout the year. And the fact that they were so inconsistent mm-hmm. definitely degrades them. Don't get me wrong, and I see where you're coming from. But when you look at the out-of-conference wins and knocking off a number one team, with your Mark Collis and you're judging Jake Boss's performance, the only thing you can do is give a thumbs up. And really? I think. I mean, Coach Boss be the first one to tell you this was an underperformance of yeah, a season. But, but that's a, co- a coach is always going to say that they're underperforming. Yeah, but I, not I, if you're winning it. Like it's not, it's not not like you're if you're Indiana. But right. if you're not Indiana, you're going to say your team's underperforming. You're going to hype your team up, not even hype them, but you're going to you're going to kind of give them a nod and put them up on your shoulder and make sure that there's no chip. Okay, but you're going to sit here and say that even with a, they have a losing record in the it's Big not, Ten, it's not blasphemous. I'm clearly going to sit there and say that they had an average year. Of course, their Big Ten record isn't great, mm-hmm. but you knock out the number one team, you beat Illinois when it counts, regardless of what happens to Indiana, they had an average year. I'm still going to disagree with you. I, f- I feel like with guys like Blaze Salter and Jimmy Pickens, you know, that um, you know were named all Big Ten players and stuff like that, I just feel like they needed to perform a little bit better. I mean, a little bit better. I'm not going to say it's that far What are you asking book. for? 350? I'm asking for a third. I was expe- hoping, I guess hoping could be, you know, construed different ways, but I was hoping for a third place finish in the Big Ten. And they and major- they were going in going into the Penn State. If they didn't win, if they had gotten swept, say, by Penn State, which probably wasn't going to happen, but say they got swept by Penn State and someone else had won, they wouldn't have even made the Big Ten tournament. So there was a chance that they couldn't even have made the Big Ten tournament. I was kind of hoping at that point it'd be locked by then. But, um, you know, I, I really don't know. I mean, it's tough for me. I guess you could say average, below average, but I'm still going to stick below average just because I had I had such high expectations going into this year. I heard a lot of good talent coming in, a lot of young guys coming in. You know, Cam View was one of them. Um, I guess as far as something to take away from the season positive, I think Cam View is a huge positive takeaway from the season. Maybe you agree, disagree, I don't know. But I think, you know, at the beginning of the season, he was kind of fitting in as a reliever, and then he became the third guy in the rotation. And that's huge when you find your third guy in the rotation. And, I mean, even though he was 6-5 and five this year, he had a 3180 ERA, um, I, I think overall as a redshirt freshman, it was a very successful season. He got, you know, to start majority of the games. He had a good outing versus Nebraska, obviously didn't get the win, but I think overall he really showed us a lot and is going to be one of our, you know, big building blocks for this next, you know, year or two um, in the pitching rotation. Okay, Brett View. I'll start calling you Brett View. 
Um, yeah, it's, it's nice. I'm glad that you think Cam View is the best. He, he's young. I'm not saying he's the best. I mean, he's he, definitely our third he's, pitcher. He's a well-performed freshman. I get that. Uh, uh, but at the same time, uh, there are many other players that I think deserve the nod. Um, one in particular, Mr. View, is Jeff Kinley. Um, yeah, yeah. Let me just start by saying that Jeff Kinley was the anchor to this pitching staff. As much as Cam View was a great performer as a freshman, yeah, I, I'd say he was probably the Spartans' best freshman. But I wouldn't go to say that he's the Spartans' best player or someone that no, no, that's not. I'm saying I'm saying as someone who I think really you know performed well despite you know with their expectations. Not that he had bad okay. expectations, but well, I'm not saying Cam View is the best pitcher on well, our team. Well, let me get me don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Jeff Kinley is is the best player on the Spartans team either. Because I'd say Salter might be one of the best players, or like right, Jimmy Pickles. Of course, yeah. But Jeff Kinley, if you want to talk about expectations, this guy goes from 4.30 ERA to 2.98 in one year. He goes from nine appearances to 29. So obviously, he goes from a very safe situation pitcher to pitching six innings like he did today. Right. Along with Jeff Kinley, uh, some other accomplishments. This guy, 12 saves on the year. Well, actually, now 14. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, excuse me, 13. 13 saves on the year. Average, not only is he a good pitcher, but he's hitting. Average up from 212 uh, to 275. You know, a pretty good player. And along with that, he's a redshirt junior. He's coming back. He's going to look to be the anchor of this team next year. And aside from that, he was selected to play at the MHSBCAA All-Star Game in high school at Comerica Park. Mm. So, so for Comerica Park, familiar ground, Comerica Park, it's like he has major blood in him. <laughs> I mean, a lot of guys have played at uh, Comerica Park in that, you know, all-star game. I'm not... He's but he, and he's also lefty, which is a huge, huge, yeah. huge vantage point as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to down-talk him at all, you know, because obviously today he was, I think, the reason we won the game today. I mean, despite the fact that our offense was so great, I think if he didn't come in in the third inning and pit, or fourth inning, whenever, you know, one of those two innings, and come in and pitch like he did, I don't think Michigan State walks out of here with a win. I mean, I... It's tough to say that because, I mean, you really don't know because we, we put up 11 runs, so it's tough to say that. But I really don't know what other pitcher would have gone there and shut down Illinois like he did. So I'm not down, doubting you that he's, you know, obviously a big part of this team. I'm just saying as far as it's, it is huge to solidify your weekend starting lineup. Those top three pitchers are your big pitchers. And the fact that we could solidify that so early in the season because Cam View pitched so well at the beginning, I think that was a huge thing for this team to, you know, kind of have some stability in our weekend you know, weekend lineup. That was that was what I you know got out most of it. That I'm glad that you know we saw him and obviously can see that he will be a starter you know going forward for the next couple seasons. You know because we don't know what the future of Van Vossen will be this year. He's a redshirt junior. Is he going pro or not? You know we we don't know depending on the draft, which is uh, like June fifth or through seventh, I think. So yeah. Well, aside from the draft, but I mean Cam View, Cam View. If you remember, he balked home a run against Penn State, Brett. He balked home a run. He pulled an Al Albuquerque, man. Did we win that game? Yeah, we won. It wasn't. It wasn't the walk off box. But he's but. the reason why Walter Borkovich had to come in and pitch like five innings of late relief in the second inning. So for me, he definitely, as a freshman, he performed well. I wouldn't say he overexceeded. I'd say he was fine. I think he overexceeded because end he, of the year, I think he was a little. Faulty. He did. He did. I agree with that. But I think coming into the season. I don't think there were many expectations for him. When we were asking Coach in our preseason interview, you know, about some guys who said, Walter Borkovich, he uh, was Big Ten Freshman of the Week, uh, you know, one of the beginning weeks. You know, what what do you see out of your freshman? He brought up Cam View. We didn't say anything about Cam View. That was the first name. He didn't even start talking about Walter, not that he, you know, 
thought anything bad about Walter, but he just started talking about Cam View like right away, kind of just praising, you know, this Cam View guy that was uh, going to be, you know, one of our pitchers and kind of talking about moving him to the starting lineup, you know, the starter pitching lineup or whatnot. So, I mean, I mean, I guess from expectations during the offseason, Cam View kind of came out of nowhere, in my opinion, and solidified a good spot. But yes, he was very faulty in the season. I will give you that for sure. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, who knows how many games the Spartans will have left at this point. Could have one, could have two, could have three. You know, we don't know. Um, but, you know, moving on to, you know, some four guys uh, recently who were named uh, to the All-Big Ten list. Uh, we have Jimmy Pickens, who was named All-Big Ten first team. Uh, junior designated here, Blaze Salter, um, selected All-Big Ten second team. And then we have Joel Fisher and Mick Van Voss, and were both selected to the third team. Now, do you think these, you know, these rankings were, were pretty good? Do you think they were worthy of these? Uh... Yeah, I think they were. Uh, you're looking at, when it comes to Blaze Salter, you're looking at one of the better DHs in all mm. of all the Big Ten in Scott Donnelly out of Indiana. So for me, I think that Donnelly definitely should have gotten the nod over Salter for DH. Yeah. Um, but one guy I thought that could have been a little bit higher was Joel Fisher. Um, yeah, he did make the th- Big Ten third team, but he also got a sportsmanship award, which is a big deal. I mean, that's an extra bonus in my opinion. I think when you're looking at Jason Goldstein of Illinois, I thought he was the better catcher. Um, and you look at the performances today, he definitely outhit Jason Goldstein today. So for me, I thought that he should have gotten the, gotten the nod uh, over Goldstein on Illinois. Uh, but nonetheless, I agree with with Salter and the Scott Donnelly thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? I mean, the thing about Fisher, I mean, I haven't been, I'm, I've been, you know, pretty good with Fisher. I mean, he is batting 251 this year, kind of, you know, doing all right hitting. But like Coach Boss said, well, in his opinion, he is one of the best defensive catchers in the Big Ten. So to see him, you know, get that award is, is pretty amazing. And then another guy that I, I always, you know, I've been kind of a fan of is Mick Van Voss. And I think Mick Van Voss, and, you know, has had a pretty good season being being the number one Spartan pitcher. Um, so, you know, I'm glad to see he was recognized for, you know, his efforts this season, even though it was third team. But I think I think that was deserving. I, don't, I think any higher, I mean, as far as a Spartans pitcher, he was the best. But, you know, obviously in the league, I, I didn't think he was, you know, any higher than third. But, you know, I'm glad I'm glad everyone placed where they did, to be honest. I think this is a very good ranking. I'm very, you know, happy for Pickens to see him in the first team. You know, obviously him and Sal- him and Salter have been really good. I know I've talked about, I've t- said this to um, Zach plenty of times. Maybe I'll, I don't know if you've heard it, but I feel like with Blaze Salter in that three spot, Jimmy Pickens in that four spot, it's kind of reminds me of Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez kind of look there. Because there's been plenty of times this season where people have walked Blaze Salter to bring up Pickens only for Pickens to really make him pay for that. And it kind of just reminds me of the, the Miguel Cabrera, Victor Martinez matchup where people, you know, kind of don't view Victor Martinez as, as good as Miguel Cabrera, but Victor has been having a heck of a year. And Jimmy Pickens had one heck of a year this year. So I'm very happy to see him in the first, uh, first, uh, first Big Ten team. Pickens so. paying for him, man. Pickens paying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think he had an awesome season, you know, so really good for him. You know, another thing to bring up, too, is this the last time? I mean, you know, we have a few more games left, but is this going to be the last time we see Pickens and Salter in a Michigan State uniform, do you think? Yeah, with the draft and where they're projected, I think yeah. it may be. Yeah. I think they're both ready. And especially what I've heard from, you know, some some people you and stuff. the all-conference and the Big Ten Conference, although it's rare to end up in Omaha, aside from Indiana, still a good conference, especially with the— Especially with the addition of Nebraska now, but yeah, and you you said you were talking to people and yeah, well, I'm just saying a lot of the thing is too when you're a junior going into the draft, usually a lot of people leave their junior year because if you go into your senior year and wait till you're done with college baseball, when you're trying to negotiate a contract, you don't have any leverage. When you're a junior, you can be like, well, I'm gonna go back if I don't get the money I want. But if you're already a senior, you college is not an option anymore. 
you are signing with this team, you don't have as much leverage to negotiate the price you want in the contract. So a lot of guys tend to go the junior year. That's why I think people like Pickens and Salter are going to go this year. Um, you know, we, we will see, I guess. Maybe they you know really enjoy being here at college, but I just feel like, you know, with the money on the line in that situation, if they if they get picked where they want to get picked, you know, high enough, I think both Pickens and Salter will be gone by next year. Well, from a Michigan State fan's point, hopefully they stay. But if they right. go, is this team doomed? I don't know. I think they have a lot of baggage. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think they have some young talent, you know, coming up. Um, so I don't think they're doomed. Um, but obviously having Pickens and Salter back would be huge, huge, huge for the Michigan State baseball team. They will, you know, really be missed if they decide to leave. But, you know, I guess that all comes the next year. We see who who does well, you know, during the fall and during the, you know, spring before the season. You know, some guys could work in there and, you know, end up being a lot better than we had thought. So, um, you know, it's not to, not counting not next season if they leave, but it'll definitely be a huge blow, I think, to the team. You know, besides that, got a few games left, possibly one, possibly two, possibly three. Very exciting time to be a college baseball fan, though, that is for sure. All these conference tournaments going on with the NCAA tournament looming ahead, with Omaha, Nebraska on a College World Series looming ahead. There's a lot to look forward to as a college baseball fan. Never know who's going to make it, who's not with the Big Ten or the conference tournament automatic qualifiers and everything. So it would be very exciting to see who falls where. But uh, besides that, Alex Sharg, thank you very much for coming on today. Great to be here, man. I'm, I'm so busy during the year. It's great for me to actually come in the studio and do some content because I'm not on the air anymore that much. So right, right. It's great to actually come back to content back from when I was doing Sports Rap back here every every Monday. So thanks for having me, man. I'd love yeah. to come on talk, and talk more baseball with you and Swearad. Uh, I'd love the debate with Swearad. That guy's great yeah. to debate with. <laughs> definitely, now. definitely. Yeah, well, thank you for everything you do, too, without, you know, all of Alex Shark's work over here, me and uh, Zach probably both wouldn't be here. So thank you. Thank you very much. And if you want to check uh, some content on Impact Sports, you can go to impact89fm.org slash sports. You can check out everything that we'll be following in the Big Ten tournament uh, with Michigan State, you know, still involved. And we'll see where they end up. Uh, check our Twitter. Check our, uh, check our podcast coming out soon. And, uh, yeah, and that's about it from us here uh, at Impact Studios. Uh, thank you very much for listening and see you soon.